Hey, this is your host, Paul Espinosa Jr., and I'm here to remind you that if you have access to iTunes, we ask that you rate and review the show. That way, we'll be able to climb the charts and continue to deliver bigger and better guests so that we can continue the educated hustle journey. And now, let's start the show. Welcome to the Educate Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paul Latimer Jr. and my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on, man? It's going good, man. Once again, we on the road to 100. In case you don't know, we are going full speed, some breaks, to episode <laughs> 100. And it's been a great, 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 great journey. And we are excited to get there. We've definitely been plotting, scheming, and how we're going to make that 100 episode special for y'all. But I digress. I'm just gonna say it's been it's been a good weekend and it's, been, it's gonna be a good week. It is gonna be a good week, man. But unfortunately, we have a couple stories uh, this week that aren't too good for these uh, businesses. The first one we want to breach is Toys R Us. We got to pour out one for our childhood, man. Toys R Us is going to uh, close or sell all its U.S. stores. Um, it's it's a sad day in uh, many kids' childhoods. Uh, Toys R Us is about to, you know, go out of business because it really didn't change its business model from when it was popular. You know, everybody used to love to go to Toys R Us to buy their Christmas gifts, to go play with the toys, to go see if they liked it or not for their kids. It used to be a family tradition, but, you know, with the recent trend of online shopping and really going, you know, elsewhere for your toys... Uh, like cheaper options like Walmart or anything else like that. Uh, Toys R Us didn't keep up, and unfortunately, it had to end like that, man. Emilio, I want to get your thoughts on that. I mean, it's it's terrible. It's the sign of the times. I mean, unfortunately, during the article, the founder also passed away recently, and they, they yeah. kind of equated to, like, you know, the old marriage couple. When one goes, the, the partner usually follows shortly after. So, um. It's just one of those things, though, where as technology keeps booming and stuff keeps happening, that you just kind of move on. I mean, I know myself when I was younger, Toys R Us was cool. It was dope. You know, you go out there to get toys. There's so much cool things to do and all that. But now, you know, growing up this generation, no one really goes to toy stores. You can get it off Amazon or you can get it, you know, something cheaper quick at Walmart. So it's just a sign of the times. Uh, hope all the people that work there and put them years in have something that they could do after all the fact but i mean just how the world moves you know and in this amazon-led world we we just we just sheets waiting for the farmer to come out you know i agree man and it sucks because you know you have a daughter and i'm sure that could have been a good experience when she got a little bit older to take her toys R us and have her you know kind of go on a little shopping spree pick out her own toys but you know maybe maybe uh Maybe I'm overrating that experience, but are, are you kind of looking for? Were you looking forward to that, or is it one of those things that it's not really a big deal nowadays? Um, I just think it's. I mean, that would have been dope, but I think there's just other things that you can do that equate to that. Obviously, you know, Toys R Us is down, but you know, Walmart is still around, Amazon's still around, Target's still around. Like there, there's those aspects that can that can you know replace it plus i don't think i don't really feel like a lot of kids play with toys now they, they they go with like clothes and gadgets so you know you i could probably get that same feeling for taking her to best buy or or, or not the mall h&m or you know ultra sephora you know girls know all about that stuff so i won't say that it, it, I, i'll miss it because i never experienced it but i do think that um 
it's a shame that that's a memory that people who may have been looking forward to doing won't get a chance to do. I agree, man. Well, definitely pour one out for Toys R Us. Uh, we're going to definitely try to transition into our next topic, which is uh, Facebook and the privacy scandal that they're currently involved with. This story touched my heart a little bit because I am a Facebook shareholder and that stock plummeted. I mean, it was it was really bad for a couple of days and it's still kind of falling because of all the backlash that Facebook's been going through. Basically, um, Cambridge Analytica, the political data firm that uh, Donald Trump used to win his presidential election, uh, breached Facebook's privacy and was able to hack into a bunch of uh, accounts to kind of let the voter to kind of get an idea of how the American voters are what they're looking for, what kind of trends they're looking forward to seeing the next president. And it really helped shape his campaign to help him win the election. So, um, you know, the company has uh, received a lot of backlash this last week. And uh, the stock is is plummeting. Like I said it before, I'm just so sad looking at my Robin Hood app to check my stocks, man. Uh, I definitely want to get your take on it, Amelia. What do you think about the whole Facebook thing? better sell boy and no, i'm just kidding no. <laughs> i mean you know facebook is, is is big business they know what they're doing they know what they should be doing but everyone knows that um it's just one of those things that kind of happens so i would feel like they should have better security with that knowing they have such a big segment um out there but obviously it's not up to us so hopefully you know, some amendments are made and some some peace is kind of given because obviously a lot of people use Facebook. I use it too. I'm not going to uh, get off anytime soon, but I really hope that there's no no reason for alarm that's going to have to make me, you know, force my hand. But yeah, it's a shame. You know, do better next time. I mean, I feel like with how the election went, you know, they didn't need to hack into Facebook to see what how that resolve is going to go. But I digress. It's another topic for another time. But hopefully Facebook can bounce back. Hopefully they gain back that trust. It's going to be a long road. But shoot, I, I say it like this. At least at least they ain't, uh, you know, do what Snapchat did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of money that Snapchat lost. But, you know, that's another topic for another day. Uh, this week, you know, our guest for this week is amazing. He's uh, another gamer, man. There's three game uh, influencers in a row that we kind of drop back to back to back. But you can tell me and Amelia are super passionate about the industry and the direction that it's going in. Uh, we have Jake James Lugo. He's the senior editor of the Coalition and also a freelance gamer for IGN. Uh, he has a myriad of topics to talk about from his experience to all the different gaming platforms that he's interested in. Uh, so it's a really exciting interview. He's a super excited guy to talk about video games and not just the, the playing them, but how to get involved in the industry. Yeah, and I think one of the cool things about him is he has so many avenues he participates in. No, he's not just a gamer. He's also a vlogger. He's also a senior editor at a, a, a coalition website where he gets to talk about games, anime, pop culture, and amongst things like that. He's also a speaker. You know, he has his hands in a whole lot of baskets. And I think the cool thing is, like, he's not shy about talking about it. He wants to let people know what he's doing. He wants them to get that experience because he also wants to help people. And he wants to let them know how they can get on track with us. So, especially the interested in gaming. And I think the cool thing about him is, like, even if you're not a gaming person or game-related, he still talks with basic attributes and aspects you need just to get ahead in your entrepreneur 
life with side patches and your side hustle. So definitely someone you should definitely tune and check out too, because there's a lot of motivation and aspiration he's going to give you. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, you know, Jake James uh, is also you know native Floridian, so he's been to many gaming events in Miami, and he's got a couple that are coming up that he dropped that he name drops to the show, and he's also been to E3, which he equates to the Super Bowl of oh, the gaming yeah. industry. So you know that's a big thing, that's a huge thing to be a part of that, to be around all the festivities. So it's definitely a good person. If you guys want to get into the gaming industry to network with, to talk to, he has so many different platforms that he's on. So I'm excited to introduce you to to you guys. Yeah, just like a bunch of Florida boys reminiscing. That's what it pretty much was, but it was a good time for all around. But anyways, we could we could gush about this man all day, but we're not going to do that. So we're going to get you to the incredible Mr. Jake James Lugo after a short commercial break. All right, and joining us today is uh, Jake James Lugo. With the, he's the senior editor of the Coalition, also a gaming freelancer. JJ, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. Thank you guys for having me on the show, chatting it up with me. It's a pleasure to meet y'all. Hopefully, uh, this will be a cool, fun chat. Definitely, definitely, I agree. Same here. Uh, we definitely want to jump in and get to know you a little bit better. So, why don't you introduce yourself to your to the listeners? Yeah, sure. Uh, like you said, I'm the senior editor currently at thecoalition.com, which is a gaming, hip-hop, and pop culture website here in the U.S. Uh, we cover a variety of different stuff, you know, video games, news, uh, reviews, previews, dev interviews, a whole bunch of other stuff, including movies, TV shows, comics, and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. But besides that, you know, outside of what I do at The Coalition, I'm also a freelancer for a variety of different outlets, most notably IGN. I do a, a lot of the wiki guides work where I help create guides for various new releases that come out. Uh, I know that the most recent one that I completed, uh, I want to say a little bit over a month ago or so, you know, when the game came out was the city of final fantasy NT, as well as also I did the, the guide recently also for Sonic forces, which was pretty cool. Uh, and besides that, I also do my own stuff on YouTube on my own personal YouTube channel. I call it gamers with gains, but it's just my name on YouTube and I do video reviews. I do highly edited, you know, with gameplay as well as also vlogs where I talk about a variety of different topics and stuff. And then finally, I have my own show on uh, iTunes. I actually have a show called TK Spotlight where I interview phenomenal individuals from throughout the gaming industry and the various corners of the Internet, as like the phrase goes. And I talk with a bunch of cool different people that I know that are part of gaming, that they do a lot of good through their craft and make a lot of great content and stuff that I feel like the audience and other people that are into gaming can get a lot out of just paying attention to them and just following their stuff. I want to spotlight the good that's in the industry. And that's pretty much what I do overall. Oh, man. you Where's the S at on, on, on your chest, man? The symbol, like, because you, so, <laughs> you got so many hats. It's like how they fit on just your head, man. It's crazy. But, you know, just to go into one of the things you talked about. So IGN, especially for gamers, it's a well-known thing in the gaming community. I'm sure people really, you know, who read about it and, and, and visit it, they like to know, like, how did you actually get the opportunity to actually freelance for them? So it's a crazy story. Uh, one of the things that really kind of opened up the door for me to, to start freelancing at IGN was that I answered a call, like a, like an open call that was actually on Podcast Beyond. I don't know if you guys listen to Podcast Beyond or any of the other IGN shows that they got in there, like NVC and stuff. But Podcast Beyond, I want to say around three or so years ago, because I've been freelancing for them for about almost three years and change. Uh, Jared Petty, the Reverend Jared Petty, that everybody loves, he actually put out an open call for freelancers to work on 
on the wiki guides that they were really trying to build up and really trying to put out there on the website. And when that actually went out, I was like, you know something, let me actually throw my name into the hat and reach out to Jared and tell him, hey, listen, I'm here. I'm ready to work. I would love to help out. I want to really get my foot into the door here and actually start off doing something really special. And we got to talking over email. It took a little while you know, for him to actually get all the paperwork and all this other stuff. They, they call it bringing you on board, quote unquote, which is basically just having you fill out a bunch of paperwork to freelance for whatever outlet that you're going to freelance for. And the first assignment or first project, quote unquote, that I actually was a part of was a guide for the PS Vita game Freedom Wars. I don't know if you guys are big into the PlayStation Vita, but if you're a fan of Kind of Funny or if you're a fan of Greg Miller or Colin Moriarty, they really touted about that game back in the day when they were first starting out. So naturally, I, you know, being a fan of their stuff, I really wanted to work on this, and I got the opportunity to work on that guide just by myself. The only problem was it was my probationary period as a freelancer with IGN, so I didn't get paid for it, but I still was kind of like under their watchful eye, and I created the entire guide myself. I built it from scratch with my own two hands, playing the game constantly for hours and hours on end and then constructing the different pages of the guide, teaching people how to play the game, you know, giving people secrets, uh, telling people how to get the trophies and all this other different stuff. And Jared ended up liking it. And from, from there, I started freelancing with him and started creating more guides. I know I did guides for Scream Ride on Xbox One. I did guides for Kingdom on Steam. Uh, I also did a, a bunch of other guides, including some of the WWE 2K games. I think it was 2K17 and 2K18. Then that spawned off into other crazier games like Fallout 4, Fallout Shelter. Um, there, there was a couple others here and there that I did even when I wasn't getting paid for it. I did one for Altered Beast on Genesis. I also did it for Mortal Kombat 2 on Genesis. And then we get into more modern uh, stuff over the last like year or so. I did the guide for Ghost Recon Wildlands and then some of the games I mentioned earlier, but it, it was a process just to get through it. It was a lot of work, but I still loved being part of it. That's good, man. I'm sure that was able to open up doors to other opportunities just to do so much work without getting paid because that's a lot. A lot of people don't realize that you have to sometimes uh, take a job for free in order to advance in your field. Definitely. Definitely. That that was something that it was a struggle because nobody likes to work without getting paid. You know, you want to feel like you're earning something. But even though that's part of the process, you also have to know your self-worth. I mean, you don't want to constantly do that for a long, long period of time. You obviously need to make some money in order to advance your career and save up and do what you want to do. But there is that element where you have to feel like you have to take that time and really prove to people that you could be here and do something and actually present some value to what they're going to probably need or what they're going to actually, you know, work on at the time. Okay, definitely, man. So I, I wanted to uh, get to know what your position is currently now, the senior editor of Coalition. How did you get the opportunity to do that? So again, another funny story. Uh, I've actually been with a couple different outlets before I freelanced with IGN, before I came to the Coalition. I was actually with two other outlets named Real Otaku Gamer, as well as also Shifted to You, which is no longer here anymore. And at the time I was at Shifted to You, I was doing a lot of work. I was really trying to put my all into it and actually to do YouTube videos as well as also write up reviews. And I felt like at the time I was the only one putting in a lot of work. So finally, at one point, I got in touch with a couple of the people over at the coalition.com. 
com. And one of the people that I talked to was Richard Bailey Jr., who right now is the, currently the editor-in-chief of the coalition, as well as also a friend of mine that we had that was mutual between us named Gary Swaby, who was the one who built the coalition.com with his own two hands. He actually did the programming and all the WordPress stuff with it. And we started just talking over social media, and then we talked over Skype, and we had a real deep conversation about what I could offer and what I could do. And then from there, after, you know, figuring out all the finer points, uh, they brought me on as an associate editor. And basically my responsibilities were writing reviews, writing up op-eds, uh, being a, a podcast to talk about gaming and to talk about gaming news and all this other stuff, as well as also represent the website at events. My first ever industry event, my first ever real industry event that was gaming related was PAX East. And it was because of them, because of the coalition, that I was actually able to go, that I was actually to be able be to kind of be immersed in that environment. And then from there, I went to my first E3, and the rest is history. That's incredible. I mean, like, I know for me as a gamer myself, E3 is like one of the meccas. I know throughout the years, there's been a lot of controversy with the size and everything, but still doesn't be around a place where it's just gaming. It's like it's like a wonderland, you know, especially as a gamer growing up, like, that's where you want to be at. Definitely. It was, it's our Super Bowl in the gaming industry and it, it's totally true. And the thing about E3 for me personally is that that my first E3 was really where I felt, you know, viscerally where, you know, where I wanted to go with my career and what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I wanted to be part of the gaming industry because there's nothing like the emotion you get when you go to your first E3 and you realize you're there alongside everybody else you used to watch on TV, used to watch on the internet, you read up on their reviews and stuff. You're there in the same room with them and you're one of their colleagues. You're no longer just a fan you're no longer just an outsider you're actually there and you've made it to some extent now don't get me wrong it the wonderland gets a lot more deeper than just showing up at e3 especially now that it's open to the public these days but it that's like for me it was the first step to really realizing like this is the type of career i wanted to be a part of and some of the things i wanted to aim for and all the other like crazier things i wanted to be a part of within the gaming industry Mm-hmm. And that's incredible that you even got to be a part of that. But I kind of want to bring it back to, to one of your new one of your new babies. You know, you have a new channel on YouTube or you say you have a channel on YouTube where you're doing a lot of posting. I just want to know, like, how often do you post new videos and what is some content that you would recommend that if someone who's never seen your channel should definitely go check out? So it's funny that you say that because even now, right before appearing on this show, I was actually posting up a vlog right now about all this type of stuff. And basically what I do on my own personal YouTube channel, which is away from the coalition YouTube channel, it's away from all the other stuff that I do online. It's basically me doing highly edited video reviews on different games. The most recent like big game that I recently reviewed was Nino Kuni 2. And I had a whole bunch of stuff to talk about it, but it's one of those highly edited views where it's on the same type of level of quality that you would find at at IGN, at a game uh, spot or any other big website. But it's just me personally, and I'm the one doing all the scripting. I'm the one doing all the on-camera stuff, uh, editing all the game footage and stuff to it. You know, trying to provide some good value that you're going to, very similar to other places you're going to find on YouTube. But it's with my own personal touch, with my own personality, with my own opinions and stuff. And on top of that, I put my own other vlogs where I talk about a variety of stuff related to gaming and outside of gaming and it's something that i've wanted to do for a while there was a lot of restrictions that i had over the years because i've been part of the gaming industry now going on about seven years and change and 
in the past, one of my biggest hurdles and kind of walls I had to climb was figuring out easy ways in order to make highly edited, you know, cut videos that looked really good and could actually be played on one of these other bigger websites, as well as also trying to find a reasonable time frame to get these types of videos out. And it was more recently within the last like couple months where I figured out different ways and kind of MacGyvered my way into making this a reality. So now at this point, I'm usually uploading about once every week, almost to like two or three times every single week, because within the last like couple weeks now with the YouTube channel, I've almost posted up, I think it was two to three highly edited videos. Two of them were reviews, and then one of them was just a vlog of me talking about some important stuff. But that's the level of quality I've been trying to aim for for a while, and now it's possible. Now it's something that I hope a lot of people will gravitate towards and help a lot of people will get enjoy enjoyment out of actually watching. And that's good, man. It's good that you have your hand in so many buckets because, you know, I'm sure that's all going to lead up to your dream job. Um, and I wanted to kind of come from the perspective of somebody who's maybe trying to figure out how to get into the industry. You know, what's some ways that you recommend nowadays to to really get into the industry other than uh, being a developer? Outside of a developer, I mean, again, you could be a games media person, you know, a, a journalist or someone that uh, does video editing and stuff. But also one of the other ones that doesn't really get a lot talked about a lot is being someone on PR. I have a friend of mine that I was speaking with recently because we went to go see the new Tomb Raider movie. And he was telling me that he really wants to be part of uh, gaming PR, work with a company in order to tell people about their games and actually put it out there and do the marketing stuff and the perception, you know, kind of generate the perception of what the games are going to be like in the general public's eye. Uh, there's, there's a variety of different ways to be a part of that. And a lot of it usually just starts from doing something, whether it's making a video on YouTube, whether it's like building up a channel and building up a brand and and a and a personality that you could put out there so like actually writing stuff you know writing reviews you know writing op-eds writing listicles which are basically just lists of like the top five or top 10 different types of stuff or anything that's opinionated like that but in a list form there's a variety of different ways to be a part of the industry outside of just developing games developing games is one of the backbones of the industry because without those developers out there we wouldn't have the games to play but there's still now things have changed so much over the years since the 90s that there's a million and one different ways to be a part of all this great stuff yeah and i'm glad you said it because you know with you you have a lot of avenues of interest when did you figure out yourself like personally how you could turn your patch for gaming anime pop culture to such a profitable venture really it came from not only going to e3 for the first time and actually being next to those people and talking to them like i'll never forget the first time i met jeff Keeley. it was actually i didn't meet him first at e3 it was at pax east is the first time i met him but the first time i really talked to him was at e3 and understanding that okay getting over that hurdle that of that intimidation of like oh these guys are doing phenomenal stuff that i just you know there's no way i'd be able to do some of that stuff you know when you're in the same room with them and you actually realize okay they're all just people too and they're all just are people with their own opinions and ideas and thoughts it makes you feel less like an outsider and makes the like the the hurdle that you have to jump over a lot more shorter and makes things a little bit more realistic and for me after I kept like writing up a bunch of stuff and realizing that I could put my ideas on paper or my ideas in video form and actually put it in, in places that people are actually going to look at them. Like, for example, my first re uh, review that I did for IGN was on Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 4. I did the written uh, review portion of it and I did the video portion of it where I did my own VO and I did my own scripting of everything, even though it was a lot of work. I realized that once I'm able to do this stuff and actually just apply myself fully into it, like people are going to see this. This is something that, you know, I never thought a couple of years ago would be possible and get paid for it. Obviously, the money is an important thing, but really 
you know, the, the kind of lead up in order to getting paid to do all this stuff, whether it's gaming, whether it's anime, whether it's movies, whether it's comics, whether it's other pop culture stuff, it's just simply just sitting down and making the time to do something and just getting over that intimidation of like how much time and how much effort it's going to take. Definitely. Definitely. I agree, man. And, uh, you've, you've talked about all the influences that you had and all the people that you talked to. Um, I kind of want to get your, your personal opinion on, you know, all the, game companies out there that are doing you know new and exciting things which is the company that really catches your eye the most i mean there's a number of them you can't really just limit it to just one outright i mean it's a very subjective thing because everybody has their own companies and types of games and genres that they gravitate towards more so than the other and for me i mean i if i really had to boil it down i can only really boil it down to two companies that are interesting in very polarizing ways one of them is nintendo because of how difficult they are to work with in one way or another it's totally true if you've ever heard people that are either youtubers or content creators or even just journalists and games media people they always say that nintendo is the most difficult and most stingy to work with when it comes to getting review copies or making content or even just talking with them because they're so old school japanese company mindset and they're so stingy on every little detail, on little stuff, that it, it sometimes becomes like a real headache to work with them. And then on the flip side of that, you have a company like Sony or PlayStation, where they're, they're, it seems like they're a little bit more lax. They're doing different types of stuff out there in the industry. They have their own event right now, PlayStation Experience, that's just like an E3 just for PlayStation games. Like there's two totally different, like opposite you know, approaches to being a part of this industry. You know, one's a, a big dinosaur in the industry and has a legacy that's almost unparalleled by any other company. And the other one feels a little bit more modern, more new wave, but they're still doing like interesting stuff that still respects the medium as a whole. There's a lot of different ways you could take it. And it gets a little bit crazy. We'll be here for like hours talking about it. But if I really had to boil it down, it'd be those two companies that really catch my eye. And I'm always going to really have a lot of respect for them, even though they could be a headache to work with sometimes. Yeah, and I, I, it's got to be another thing too that's crazy. It's how like you know you grow up make you grow up with all these games from comedy like Nintendo. You got Zelda, you got Mario, and you become such a fan. And when you get on your side, where you got to work with them, you realize you know it isn't all just you know nostalgia and family friendliness. It's got to be such a weird transition to go through. Oh, a little bit, but at, at times it feels like you have to check yourself at the door. Like you know. I might love fighting games. I might love shooters. I might love Nintendo games, but no matter what, you know, my obligation as someone that reviews games or someone that's creating content about this stuff in order to maintain the trust that I have with the audience, I have to put all that aside and I have to call a spade a spade or I have to call a diamond a diamond. And the reason being is because people specifically the audience, when they look at your stuff or they read your stuff, they're immediately going to smell something that's inauthentic right away, or they're going to see that right away. And they're going to either take it one way or another. And in order to stay in within their good graces as far as that trust that you have with the audience that ability for them to come back to you constantly for your opinion and your thoughts and your perspective on something you have to be that authentic you have to be truthful with them no matter what the situation might be no matter what the type of game that you might be playing that is true that's true ring the alarm on that one ring the alarm so i gotta ask how did you become a stronger writer you know you're you're, you're an editor right now at the coalition so you obviously are versed in writing so what tips can you give to our audience who may be struggling with that aspect 
there's two things that you can do that are very easy and they are very headache inducing, but you have to do them no matter what. It's mandatory. Number one, you have to write constantly and just do it. Just even if you feel like your thoughts aren't really all that figured out or they're not as organized or complete as you think they should be, you have to constantly write and constantly just do the action over and over and over again frequently, not even caring about the response you're going to get from that stuff or even if it's going to get a lot of clout or if it's going to get a lot of popularity, it's going to go viral. You can't really think about all that. Uh, Greg Miller actually said this plenty, plenty of times where it's like writing and just your thought process is like a muscle. You have to constantly work it out and you, you not, have to not stop working it out because otherwise you're never going to get better with it. You're never going to have that kind of, you know, instinctive nature in order to kind of like organize your thoughts completely together. The other thing too, that you could do, which is just as important as that is to read. You have to constantly read and even watching videos. You could throw that in there, but I find that reading helps you specifically become a better writer and just a better uh, thinker when it comes to being critical about games or just formulating an opinion about a game or a franchise or a genre or anything of the sort. Reading forces you to really be more analytical with the words that you're actually looking at on the paper or on your screen. Even though they could be subjective sentences or subjective thoughts, just the thought process, the more that you read and stuff besides watching a video, which seems a little bit more passive than actually reading like that, will help you overall become a stronger writer. It's worked for me many times over. Again, I read everybody's stuff. I read everybody's stuff on IGN. I read everybody's stuff on GameSpot. I used to read everybody's stuff on game trailers, even though they had a lot more video stuff. Uh, same thing with Giant Bomb, Kotaku, Polygon. Even if you feel one way or another about a specific outlet, the more you read and the more uh, diverse opinions and perspectives you get, the better and stronger writer and cr critical thinker you're going to be overall. I definitely agree with that, man. Um, you know, uh, uh, it helps us with the podcast too, like for, uh, for me at least, listening to other podcasts, hearing other people do their their thing on their podcast kind of gets me thinking about okay i can add this to my podcast so i definitely agree with you on that definitely um, i mean again i'm the same way i listen to everybody's podcast i listen to your guys podcast i listen to game attack radio podcast beyond a uh, nintendo voice chat there's a variety that i listen to because again varying opinions and varying thoughts but also again it helps me as well when i'm re when i'm uh, actually working on stuff because i listen to it in the background and i do the same thing with youtube videos because you again you kind of splitting your attention a little bit but again you're more listening to all that stuff not only just to get kind of inspiration from wherever you're going to listen to but again getting more diverse First thoughts and perspectives is going to help you just be an overall better thinker. Agreed, man. And uh, so back to kind of like your uh, involvement with all the different uh, companies and the different products that you've been introduced to. Um, I, I definitely want to get your opinion on all the different future developments that are going on within all the different companies and the different games. Um, what are you most looking forward to as a future uh, development in gaming? Uh, there's a lot of different things. I know a lot of people were very excited about VR, I want to say within the last couple of years. I feel like that's died down a little bit. And at the same time, a lot of people are also curious and, and somewhat excited about the idea of games being a service as well as also digitally only. That This is conversations everybody, myself included, has had for many, many years at this point because you bring up stuff like GameSpot, GameStop. I always, say, I always mix up the two. GameStop. And you talk about, okay, internet connections. And again, it gets really, really deep and gets really crazy overall. But for me personally, just 
you know, the idea that there's a lot of collaborations between companies is what I feel like goes hand in hand with a lot of that different stuff. We have a lot of guest characters appearing in many different fighting games. I mean, recently, we just had Tekken 7 that had a Final Fantasy character in it that's playable, as well as also an SNK character and a Capcom character. Years ago, that would have been unheard of, but now it's within the realm of possibility. And we're starting to see more AAA third-party publishers or even first-party publishers be open to working in collaboration with each other. And we get a lot more interesting mix-ups, a lot more interesting products that us as gamers win overall. Yeah, and that's very true. I know they uh, recently announced a new Super Smash Bros. for Switch, and I'm excited to see who's going to be the, the crossover for that one, because in the last one, you know, they had Final Fantasy, Bayonetta, so the, the door is, like, wide open with who's going to be next to kind of make that appearance on that stage. Yeah, the possibilities are endless. And what we thought was impossible before is now possible. We never thought that Cloud was going to show up in Super Smash Brothers, let alone we never thought that Mario was going to fight Sonic not even 10 years ago in, in a video game. Like stuff like that was just like, that was crazy talk. Now it's a reality. Now things are different. Now we have the ability because we have people that grew up within those errors as fans that were becoming developers or becoming people that can make significant impact within the gaming industry, actually making these decisions become a reality. Yes, and that's very true, and I'm excited to see where that takes us, but I kind of want to take another step back here. So what kind of gets lost in all the stuff you've done is you actually were asked to speak at Miami Day College recently. Could you kind of tell us, like, how was that, and what did you learn from that experience? It was a cool experience because I never thought that I would be able to speak to college students, or at least people would care about my opinion and my perspective on stuff uh, in order to give them to people who were just trying to learn to be part of their respective industry. And I think it was good because I come from a, a games media slash journalism slash you know content creator perspective. I'm not necessarily a developer, but I still think it is important for developers in the making, whether you're indie or trying to be a AAA developer, it's important to understand that perspective that you get from the press because you're going to interact interact with these types of people at some point or another when you're making a game or you're trying to market a game to different people to buy. And it was cool to talk with them on a real level because those types of, that type of crowd, they don't get exposed to that as much. They, they're always constantly, you know, hearing all these crazy, uh, uh, theories and crazy statements and, and thoughts online, especially over social media about the gaming media, about gaming journalism and all this other different stuff that's been going on over the last few years. But they finally, at least, it, you know, with me being there, were able to talk and listen to someone that's actually engrossed in all this stuff and is actually part of it and actually knows what the deal is and give them a perspective that they could take with them as they move forward with their careers, you know, after they go out of college and eventually go to work with one of these companies. So I really enjoyed it. I wanted to do more. And I'm really hoping at some point, whether it's this year or within the following years, that I'm able to be, you know, speak at more colleges and speak to more people like that. So what you're saying is your schedule's wide open, right? My my schedule is open, which which is true. But also, there there's been other opportunities that have spawned from that. Like now, there uh, at this point, I've been a guest. Besides that, at two different events, like an actual special industry guest, and this year in 2018, I'm going to be a special guest. Uh, you know, representing the gaming industry at two other events here in Miami, Florida, which I'm really excited about. Okay, that's good. That's a lot of success. A lot of a lot of great blessings to come. Well, Jake James, we've reached the. Uh, Famous part of educational experience, one of the most looked forward to parts, and that's the end. But before we let you go, we're going to hit you with the famous educational two-piece. First question is always easy. Can you tell us how the people can connect with you? 
Of course, you can connect with me on a bunch of different places. I'm on Twitter at Venomous Fatman One on Twitter is where I post frequently a bunch of different stuff that I'm working on, as well as other cool exclusive content. I'm on Instagram, Gamers with Gains on Instagram. You can see a picture of me on there. It's again more exclusive content, images and stuff, usually from when I'm attending different events or stuff that I think is pretty cool that I want to share with everybody. I'm on YouTube as well, Gamers with Gains channel, which is my vlogs, my video reviews that I've really been going hard on every single week. I've been posting up new videos highly edited highly high quality stuff that you guys should be able to enjoy and of course i'm on the coalition.com as well as also on ign the coalition is where i do all my written reviews my podcast shows my tk spotlight podcast show that i interview different people on there you can find that in the coalition as well as also on itunes and again on ign you'll usually see me there in the wiki guides uh, posting up different, just again, tutorial stuff as well as videos and other cool things that are related to different guides that I'm working on. So I'm all over the place. There's a lot of different places to check me out. And we here at Educate also love options that you gave us a plethora of them. So the last question, no pressure. It's just the last thing our audience is going to hear from you for this episode. But could you leave us with some parting words of wisdom? Don't be afraid. Just don't be afraid to do what you love. Don't be afraid to just take a dive, take a chance, and really just, you know, put all of yourself into something that you love to be a part of. Even if you're scared or kind of worried how it might turn out, you know, uh, was it life? You know, the people that really live are really the people that are courageous, the people that are bold. So don't be afraid to do anything. Just just dive into it. Ooh, and that's a sermon right there. I appreciate hearing that. But Jake James, you've been incredible. Really appreciate appreciate having you on the episode today. You've really come through and let educate our audience not only the game industry, but just living their life as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Again, it's fun. Fun chat with you guys. Again, keep keep up the great work and stuff. And I hope you guys get a lot of other cool guests that you guys get to talk with. And there you have it, folks. That was Jake James Lugo giving us the extensive history and knowledge of his gaming background. Emilio, what you think, man? It was cool, man. It's always great to have a gamer on here. You know, I get to we get to bring out a little bit of my gaming side on you to get to display because of the the nature of our guests. But it was a great experience, and he's done a lot, and he's really met a lot of great people. He was name dropping during the podcast. Obviously, you know, not people you would know off the top, but definitely the game industry, some big shakers and movers. And I think the cool thing about it is like, even though he is really centric on gaming, he was able to do a lot of things that really transcend gaming, from speaking at colleges to being at expos and events to even having this youtube channel popping so i think it's a really good experience and it really shows that if you have a patch for something you have a belief that you can do it then shoot you can do it <laughs> i agree man i think yeah you're right you hit on all the points i think uh if anybody who isn't a gamer but happen to listen to that podcast because they're you know such great supporters of the show uh i hope they got from it is that if there's an industry or area of expertise that they have or that they want to get into, they just got to start on their own, you know, build their own platform up. Um, people will start to, you know, recognize you and you'll definitely uh, meet some great people along the way that can connect you to the dream company because his dream company is IGN and he's right now doing all the work he can on a limited pay to one day secure that full-time uh, position with them. So, um, it, it's all about how much you want to grind and, and, you know, you just got to do the work until you kind of see the fruits of your labor. Very true. Very true. But of course you don't got to wait that long to see the fruit of our labors because now you've reached a part of the whole educator experience that you've been looking for. And that's how you 
Yes, you can reach us. Educate us through a variety of different means on social media. We're on Snapchat at Educator Hustle. One word, once again, at Educator Hustle. They post snap little behind the scenes videos on what's going on in the week and how you get inspired. You can also follow us on Instagram at Educate Us a Podcast. Once again, that is Educate Us a Podcast. There you do images, a little behind the scenes, and of course, previews of what to expect on the episode that week. And if you're real nice and you ask Paul so nicely, he might just curate some personalized motivational content for you. You can also follow us on Facebook. It's really easy. Just go on Facebook and type in Educate Us with two words. That's Educate Us. You know you've reached the right page because you'll see that show logo that you guys all know and love. Now let me take a break from that plugging and get into even more plugging. If you have not done so already, please rate and review the show. It's such an easy thing to do. All you gotta do is go to iTunes, have a podcast, type in Educate Us with two words. You'll see our show logo. Click it. Once you do that, scroll down. You'll see that right review Button, hit on that. Make sure you deliver those five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. Write a review titled, and of course, write the actual review. It can be something short and sweet as it's lit, or something long and deep as it's still lit. Either way, we take it all because when we have more reviews, that means awareness goes up, which means more guests, which means more episodes, which brings more enjoyment to you guys out there listening. So please, if you have not done so already, rate and review us. Now, let me get out of that plugin and get back into my initial plugin. If you haven't done so already, please. Follow us on Twitter at educated underscore hustle. Once again, that is educated underscore hustle. There we do tweets, daily interactions. Probably one of the best ways to reach me and Paul because it goes right to our phone. And of course, last but not least, if you really like the show, you want to be a guest on it, you want to give feedback, you just want to say what's up, do not hesitate to email us at educatedhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is educatedhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. And you got to lead us out, bro. Lead us out. POP people, as always, take the time to do something great. Don't let insecurities or doubt get in your ways. Jake James is a great, great, great person who came on here and realized that he had a passion. He had the ambition to do something with it, and he's doing it. You know, he's freelancing. He has his own YouTube channel. He's out here writing. He's out here senior editing the coalition. Like, he has so many hats. It's hard for him to fit all of his names on it. So, honestly, the best thing to do when it comes to your passion and dreams is just live it out and don't take nothing for granted and just go for it. And as always, you got to stay educated and keep hustling.